Welcome to Lawyers on the Block, a crypto law podcast from Roman Kubiak and myself, Kieran Forsyth, in the Private Wealth Group here at Hugh James. Over the series, we'll be looking at some of the major issues and hot topics in the crypto and digital asset space right now. Trigger warning, we are lawyers, so we'll inevitably talk about some of the legal issues involved. But don't worry, we'll try to keep the legal jargon to a minimum. With the emergence of technology and law, how far are we away from fully electronic worlds? What does that actually look like in practice? And can it offer the same protections we have now? Or indeed, can it offer greater protections for people? That's what Kira and I will be discussing today as we look at the issue of electronic wills and what that might look like and how the law is emerging in this area. And specifically, one particularly interesting facet of that, which is the theory or potential practice of wills stored on the blockchain. So, hi Kieran, how are you? I'm very well, Roman. Uh, how is everything going your side? Yeah, good, good. Yeah, just finished uh, watching The Sandman. Have you, uh, have you seen any of that? I haven't. Where, where is that? What's that on? It's Netflix. Yeah, so there we go. Netflix. So there's, there's a business that summarises or sums up well the, uh, the emergence of digital technology. I remember when Netflix was was a service that you call up or you'd get online, you'd order it, but then you get a physical DVD through the post. Well, I think that might be before my time. What was that called? Love film or something? No, no, there we right. go. Yeah, it's, it's not before my film. time. Uh, so, yeah, I even remember Blockbuster. Yeah. But, it's, yeah, it's a pretty good series on, on Netflix. It's okay. It's a bit weird, but um, it's quite good, actually. It's uh, based on a comic. But what's interesting about that, which sort of made me think of these podcasts we do, is that, one of the digital artists on that is someone who he has an NFT, mm-hmm. a non-fungible token, sort of platform where he deals with non-fungible tokens, and he's now making his uh, name and his fortune. Netflix designing the various creatures on there. I think one of the creatures is called uh, Goldie. It's a it's a dragon. Check it out. It's a good way to kill a few hours in an evening. So yeah. alas, how quickly I digress. So yeah, the yeah. concept of electronic wills. Electronic wills. Well, what does yeah. that mean? I mean we. Wills are very, they're old school, aren't they, in terms of the manner in which they are made, prepared, executed. They are very old school. They say there are two certainties about death and taxes, and a will can deal with both, can't it? But um, what is an electronic will? I mean, the thing is, I mean, an electronic will, it can be one of a number of things. And so, I mean, the position is that at the moment, the law relating to wills is governed by Section 9 of the Wills Act, 1837. Yeah. So trigger warning, folks, there's going to be a bit of legal jargon here. But this piece of statute now is nearly 200 years old, but it stood the test of time fairly well. Yeah. And look, at, at its simplest, really, what Section 9 says is that a will has to be in writing. It's quite crucial because what form does writing take? We'll come on to that has to be signed by the testator, this is the person making the will, or by someone in their presence and by their direction. Yeah. It has to appear that they intended their signature to give effect to their will. Signature has to be then made or acknowledged by them in the presence of two or more witnesses present at the same time. Each witness then has to attest, to so confirm and sign the will or acknowledge their signature in the presence of the testator, mm. but not necessarily in the presence of each other. It's, a no. bit, it's quite technical, quite tricky. The point is, write down the will, 
sign it in the prison, two people go and sign it. Yeah. Job done. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't have conversations over ballrooms or through windows or have the three of you together. Now that's all well and good. You know, we're, we're now out of lockdown, but we've had for the past two years, the dark days of lockdown, social distancing, things weren't quite so easy then, were they? So, no. I don't no. know about you, but I'm, I'm certainly very, very happy to be out, out of that side of things. Absolutely. I mean, it's very much a ceremony, isn't it? The way it's treated in terms of you come into the lawyer's office, you sign, they have witnesses ready for you, you know, to make sure that your, your will is validly executed. And, and, and doing what we do, you know, we often look in the devil in the detail in terms of who has witnessed the signature. Who, so they, you can come a cropper in terms of if you don't get those formalities right. And I think it's interesting what electronics can do or the electronic world can do to help that ease that provide comfort to testators yeah yeah absolutely and so broadly speaking, there are different types so you've got let's say that's the simplest one an electronic will well nowadays we all draft wills on a pc don't we so yeah in, in a sense that's an electronic will however we still we're slowed down by that process it gets printed off and then it meets those section nine formalities. It's still at some point an electronic will. Yeah. What law commission were tasked with looking at, among other things, in a total sort of review of the law and wills and whether to overhaul it. This was in 2017. How times have moved on since then, eh? But then they were looking at, well, is the law and wills fit for purpose? And what we'll be discussing now is this topic of electronic wills. And they were looking at, well, they said, well, look, we already have electronic wills in some form. What we're looking at now is whether we can have potentially fully electronic wills. Okay, can we have part electronic wills? Can wills have electronic signatures? If they're fully electronic, what does that look like? Mm. Where is it stored? Is it fully electronic in writing? As the as section of the rules access? Is it fully electronic in some other medium? So they were tasked with looking at that. Now, that was a consultation in 2017. Uh, they had responses to that consultation. And then obviously come 2019, Everything stopped, but one thing that didn't stop during lockdown, and if anything, I think was accelerated, was the use by businesses, by individuals embracing technology. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing, isn't it? We went from a system where we were, we thought, how on earth can we go, you know, go Good online? Go business, yeah. And bang, overnight, everyone had to pivot, wasn't it? Pivot! That was it. <laughs> the big catch, catch word. Everyone pivoted, didn't they, during that time? I think pivot and unprecedented were the two words I heard the most during, yes. during lockdown. And if I never hear them again, it'll be too soon. <laughs> but as the law stood then, people were panicking, obviously, that the death rate was exceptionally high and people worried about creating their wills validly. And the big issue during those two years was what constituted presence. Yeah. How can you be present witnessing someone sign a will if you're not allowed to be in the same room? I remember I wrote an article with Dr. Professor Leslie King on this for the Law Society back, I think, in April 2019. But then came along the pithily named Wills Act 1837 Electronic Communications Amended or amendment coronavirus order 2020. <laughs> I feel like the, the, the title of that piece of legislation is longer than actually what it does, which is yeah. it confirms that presence can include presence by video communication, video conference. For limited time only, folks. Yeah. And they've extended it, I think, till the end of January 2023. I suspect it'll be extended again. That means we can create worlds and have them witnessed remotely, which we've done on a number of occasions. So, 
against that background, we had the commission report, which was obviously back in 2017, but they were looking at all of this. They didn't anticipate this issue of presence, but they made other recommendations. And essentially what they provisionally proposed were they felt that the the law was a bit too uncertain about execution of wills, so signing of wills. So while they acknowledge that you can sign a will or you can sign documents electronically, or something called qualified electronic signatures, which are effectively like biometric signatures, and they offer a really, really high level of security. What what happens is you sign a document electronically using a qualified electronic signature. That document then locks. Yeah. You can't amend it. But they considered all of these, but they felt that the current law wasn't fit for purpose. And the proposal was that an enabling power should be introduced, allowing electronically executed wills or fully electronic wills to be recognized as valid, enacted through secondary legislation. That enabling power should be neutral as to the form that any such will might take, because we don't know what that might look like in the future. And I know you're going to talk about that. Yes. And that enabling powers should be exercised when a form of electronically executed will or fully electric will is available, which provides sufficient protection for testators against the risk of undue influence and fraud and, and situations like that. So I'm really keen really to hear your take on, on blockchain wills generally, but I know mm. in terms of qualified electronic signatures, so this is the sort of thing you get with DocuSign. Yeah. As an example, but on the 1st of February this year, the Industry Working Group on Electronic Execution of Documents published an interim report, and that concluded these qualified electronic signatures are capable of fulfilling the same objectives as physical witnessing and attestation. So they're saying, look, the technology's here. Yeah. You know, they're available for certain property transactions. We at Hugh James, I think we did, we did the first ever property transaction using this method through yeah. a, a pilot scheme with the land registry. The point is the, there was originally, I think, a policy reason, wasn't there, for witnessing, which is probably to protect from forgery and undue influence. But nowadays, as you said, most people use witnessing as a box-ticking exercise. Yeah. I think that original policy reason has probably been entirely eroded in place of a process. And, you know, with the right tools, perhaps technology is better place to deal with these issues than paper and pen ever were. Mm-hmm. You know, and can we ever really get to a stage where fraud is avoided completely? While we'd like to do so, we've been looking at how the world of crypto it, it almost encourages fraud to this because of the anonymity behind it. Yeah. And if not, do these electronic wills provide better protection than the current system? I mean, I mean, I'm keen to hear your views on that. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, so the, the concept of an electronic will in, in itself is, of course, an ever-growing area in terms of theory and whether it will ever take off. Let's let's see. But then delving deeper than that is, you know, what form of electronic will and, and where where do you store it? And yeah. This is something that's come out in, in a few trickled articles about the concept of a blockchain will. Let's let's scale back and look at what blockchain is. Blockchain is a group of data which is stored and serially linked to one another. So that is, it's linked in a chain in a ledger. What are the benefits of blockchain? Well, we, we've, we've discussed this in previous podcasts, but in terms of will specifics, or specifically to wills, uh, I should say, 
the, the fact that a blockchain is immutable, which means that it's nearly impossible to tamper with and makes tampering easily discernible, is, I think, a key feature of what the very few out there that are writing on the idea of blockchain wills say is a real benefit. And certainly that would do Roman and myself out of a, a key aspect of our usual you know, day-to-day life in law, which is looking at whether wills are fraudulent or whether they've been tampered with or you know, whether a signature is not the signature of yeah. the testator. So actually, when scaling back to what we said about offering comfort to testators, the fact that you might in future potentially be able to make a will and attach it to the blockchain, thereby knowing that that is an immutable area in which to to store it. Permanent record, basically. Yeah, it's it's of serious value. I mean, I know I would prefer doing that than actually storing it in a institutional law firm's uh, storage, whatever it might be, on the basis that it's it's not going to get destroyed. It's Um, interesting you say it, though, isn't it? Because I take your point there, but what if you want to revoke that will? So, you know, you've written a will, but you suddenly decide, actually, you know, or let's say you write a will, you have a partner, you're unmarried. The classic case is that there's no such thing as a common law spouse, folks. So bear that in mind, because <laughs> if you're unmarried, not at the moment at least, but if you're unmarried, then if you die, your estate passes in accordance with the rules of what's called intestacy. So you're unmarried partner, unless you're related to them in some other way, in which case uh, there's, well, anyway, that's, that's, that's a topic for another <laughs> podcast, but subject to that, they inherit nothing from your estate, unless they come to lawyers like us to make claims for financial provisions. So, let's say you're in a relationship, going well, you make a will, you store that will on the blockchain, yeah. and this actually addresses a law commission concern, which was back in the uh, old days of 2017, they were concerned about storage of electronic wills and the issue of hacking. Now, actually, blockchain is a very good way to to enshrine that, cement that record, isn't it? That avoids those concerns. But anyway, major will, you then suddenly fall out with your partner and you realize you don't want to leave them anything. In the good old days, I can just tear up my will, yep. burn it. As long as I intend to revoke it, it's gone. Well, I mean, How would that yeah. be in practice with the blockchain? Well, I think the idea is, and of course, this is yet to be tested because there hasn't been a blockchain. Will we're it? theorizing, we're philosophizing on wills, aren't we? We are. It's, it's very much, this is a future discussion. But what people are saying is that there could be a, a last time rule, which means that on the blockchain, which is a series of data stored one after the other, you could have a system where your last will, which is added to that blockchain, is your last will and testament, as, yeah. it, as it is usually phrased you know, on, on the physical form, original will that we all know today. And I think one real benefit of that, and I, I think from a contentious point of view as well, would be that you could see um, over a course of time what that testator's intention was. So you could have a blockchain will from, let's say, 2030, and then the last will is dated or put on the blockchain in 2040, you could have 10 years of showing what that testator's intention was. So I think that's one easy way that people say, in theory, could get over that hurdle of showing that this is the last will. It deals with that, though. It doesn't deal with revocation, though, does it? If you want to 
how do you just because you can't destroy the record it's there isn't it it's immutable i suppose you could potentially instead of a blockchain will you could do almost a deed of revocation yeah, blockchain revocation, blockchain yeah. revocation yeah. and say well i revoke all previous testaments on this will testamentary document sorry on this blockchain and this is where we kind of feel it's there's definitely the advantage of it and Kieran and i speak about smart contracts and i think that lends itself well to this discussion as well and that's a topic for a separate podcast check that out available on uh, your usual podcast uh, provider but it's this whole point about okay at the moment if i want to destroy a will i don't need to do that even though that's what, what's interesting about it and again i'm hypothesizing it's probably getting quite legally easy but <laughs> what's interesting is that in destroying a will i'm doing an act which then has a direct effect on how my estate is distributed yeah but no one has to witness me. I don't need to destroy that will in the presence of two witnesses. I don't need to do anything like that. If we have a concept of blockchain worlds, and if that concept requires there to be witnessing, for instance, by way of qualified electronic signature, mm-hmm. does the same process need to happen for revocation? This is something for legislators and... To discuss, yeah. To discuss, um, but mm. because it's, it's then recorded on the blockchain as an as a active step yeah positive act of revocation yeah yeah i suppose it would it would have to be you would have to be certain that was the deceased or the, the testator's intention but it then takes away that heat of the moment in the bitter bitter moment the rail tearing up a world doesn't it well absolutely yeah maybe you know there's maybe <laughs> they say maybe they say before you do this you have 24 hours to consider dangerous um, stuff isn't it but it, it shows the issue doesn't it absolutely yeah, it, it really does. But I think ultimately what the proponents of the blockchain will say, say say should be is that it's you know, it is immutable, it can't be tampered with. It's not like you can have a situation where, you know, mum or dad has passed away and you know the code to their safe and you say, Oh, well, there's no will there and then you later on destroy it. That is going to be a thing of the past if we get to a system where things like blockchain wills become everyday norm at the moment obviously in England Wales we're still relying on a good old age old 1837 act subject to the odd reset amendments but I mean have there been any examples of electronic wills or something looking like an electronic will globally they have there's a really interesting case in uh, I think it stems from Australia where the testator or deceased had, had passed away and the courts were looking at what if any testamentary document there was that, that was left behind. And a unsent text message was found on a phone purporting to be written by the deceased. And after looking at all of the evidence and, and intention was held as being his last will and, and testament. If you look at it, it's, it is available on, online in terms of the actual, I think there is a screenshot of the text message in question. It, it, it is quite interesting to look at. And actually, Roman's very helpfully shown, shown, shown me yeah. here. I mean, it, it says, reading from it, Dave, Nick, you and Jack keep all that I have, house and superannuation. Put my ashes in the back garden with Trish. Julie will take her stuff. Only she's okay, gone back to X again. In fact, so there's no there's no grammar in this. Well, so this is what's worrying. It's yeah. a construction point. It's... You know, it's like the, the classic eats, shoots, and leaves. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. By, or or Betty Grandma. No, where, yeah. Where's the comma? Yeah, where, yeah, what's, yeah. It's fascinating. And, th- and that was held to be his last testamentary 
disposition in his last testamentary document. Very, very interesting. But again, that comes down to showing his intention and at least showing something. Yeah. It's the court's willingness there to give effect to those wishes, isn't it? Absolutely. But so what do we think the future holds then, really? Do we think, can you see blockchain rules? And I mean, how are they going to look when, if we look at, let's see, leading on from the podcast we did recently on smart contracts. So just briefly, smart contract, effectively you're looking at a contract between parties which doesn't require any human intervention. So it's it can be, in theory, purely code-based. So if A does this, B does this, I, let's say, put, give an example of, you know, let's say driverless cars. Yeah. Driverless car comes to me, I get in and pay. You agree that contract through the blockchain, it's enshrined there. Driverless car drops me at a destination, I pay it. Yeah. There's no intermediate, there's no Uber, there's no... no. Any other intermediary? That's an example, I guess, of a smart contract. Yes. Is that something that you think could lend itself to wills or dispositions on death? I, I think it could, and I suppose. And, and, and what we've read in the very limited kind of theories out there is that you know, in, in practice, you could have the creation of a blockchain will on platforms very similar to what smart contracts are on at the moment. Ethereum or... Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, some kind of central register if you want, or even your own blockchain if, you, if you're clever enough to start one. I'm not. Um, no, I'm not. Um, but let's say, for instance, someone wishing to create a will by that means could nominate someone whose responsibility it would be to notify that network or platform where the blockchain is held. On the event of the testator's death, they could, in effect, be a personal representative in a way. Let's then think about, you know, once that notification has been made, it would then be over to the network to or the platform to kickstart the next process of whatever that will set, you know, be that creating of an asset or like a domino uh, effect. Domino effect. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? The, you know, I, I'm somewhat fudging the answer because it's, it's not practice. But I think it's a really, really interesting area. Isn't it? it raises at the moment, I guess it raises more questions than answers. Yes. But look, smart contracts are, they're here, yep. they're being used already. The Law Commission certainly think that the future is in electronic worlds. I've got to say, I agree. I think when you look at the security around uh, other forms of electronic verification, I think they're a more secure form. I don't see any reason why worlds should be any different. Yep. The issue is going to be what form that takes. Blockchain worlds, my concern, and this is a concern that the Law Commission had, is around the revocation because, I mean, even what they said is that, you know, if there's a, that it's unlikely that there's a that requirement there'd be a single original will would apply to electronic worlds. But that was at a time before they, I mean, I didn't even know if they really considered blockchain technology because no. you could have a single form of that, a single record. Yeah. But yeah. then, how do you revoke those rules by destruction? And the, on the flip side, if you don't have a blockchain will, if you have an electronic will and you have copies of it, how do you destroy that? You know, how do you destroy that? Revoke that? It, absolutely. Do, yeah. you have, do you have to delete every single record? We were talking with someone recently who was, who was saying about digital records. He said having a digital record, for instance, of a photo or a file, even if you delete it off your hard drive, often it's like deleting the contents page from a book. Yeah. And... You know, the record of it still exists. So how thorough do you have to be in your destruction? With a will, it's tearing, it's burning, you know, some way destruction like that. But I think these are all issues which need to be thought on very, very carefully before we actually get to a stage where we're saying, yep, we're ready to, to, to do it in practice. But nonetheless, I don't know what you think, but 
I think we're moving that way. And I, and I think if we're embracing technology with everything else, wills have to be the natural next step. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you can kind of draw an, you know, a comparison between contracts and, and wills in yeah. terms of the very prescribed sets of rules within that document. And apart from really the, the attestation requirements and the formalities in terms of signing and executing will, it pretty much is a contract at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, it's ambulatory, which is a lovely word. I've always loved that word, meaning it only, you know, it only takes effect on a certain event, and, and that is, of course, someone's death. So why not have it in a system where it, it cannot be tampered with? There's a clear record. Why not? Yeah, I mean, it has to be said that something that cannot be changed held in an electronic form with identifiable copies is certainly better than having an original will in paper, which could be subject to destruction, forging and tampering, or even having been lost. I think we've all dealt with that as private client solicitors. Dealing with a couple of cases right now on lost wills. Exactly. And, yeah. and that wouldn't be a, you know, you'd simply just have a look at what the blockchain said. But anyway, it's, it's, it's certainly one for... Well, I'm assuming lots of further discussion. Well, I'd be interested to know what everyone else thinks. So by all means, if, uh, you know, I, we invite all comments, good or bad, good preferably, but <laughs> please do drop a comment or a review. And uh, yeah, until next time, thanks very much. Yeah, thank you all. It's now time for the Ask an Expert segment of the podcast. And this is where... You lovely listeners, submit your questions and hopefully we can answer them. And this one is an interesting one this week. It's uh, from someone that wanted to remain anonymous. And they said, you talked about the Law Commission on Digital Assets, but will the government actually read my submission? Is it really worth my time? And that's a, a great question because, of course, it, it takes us you know, more to the general aspect of lawmaking and less about the actual industry of of crypto or digital assets itself and of course brings into play whether the law commission itself is a, is effective as a body in terms of how or whether its reports are are actually heard and actioned by the lawmakers so looking at the commission's website it's quite interesting because they say the commission's re- recommendations for law reform have a profound practical effect on the legal rights duties and liabilities of a large number of people but only if they're implemented by Parliament. They say we can make recommendations, but only Parliament can change the law. Now, of course, that is very true, but their reports are very thorough. They seek responses from the people that are involved in the very industry or thing that they are reviewing. So we would say that absolutely, please submit your responses, and it it absolutely is worth your time. The response deadline has now of course, surpassed. But if you did manage to submit a response, then you can be emboldened by the fact that more than two thirds of the Commission's law reform recommendations have been implemented. And as a result of the Commission's ongoing work, they say, large areas of the law have been the subject of systematic investigation and improvement. And of course, we saw this with the the smart contracts report, where the advice to government was set out that the current legal framework in England and Wales is clearly able to facilitate and support the use of such smart legal contracts without the need for statutory law reform. That has the status as being accepted. So 
the proof is in the pudding. And there we have it. That wraps up our podcast for today. Thanks for listening to Lawyers on the Block. If you made it this far, then you clearly enjoyed it. So why not subscribe to make sure you hear the next episode as soon as it comes out. Remember, nothing on this podcast is financial or legal advice. But if you do want to talk to a lawyer about any crypto issues that you may have, then please do get in touch at crypto at hughjames.com. Thank you.